This is the Coffee With Podcast, presented by the Women's Ministry at Reclamation Church in Monroeville, Pennsylvania. Today, we'll be having coffee with Lindsay Yarborough, a member of our church who will be sharing her story with us today. Hey, thank you so much for joining me today, Lindsay. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to hear your story and you know, I feel like we've become good friends over this time, but to even just dig deeper into parts of your story and to share it with the rest of the ladies in our church who, you know, maybe know bits or pieces or maybe know nothing at all. Um, I'm excited to get for you to share. And uh, I just think it's so important that we share our stories with one another within our church body because it helps us connect with one another on such a deeper level as we, you know, see, oh, that person struggles with that. I struggled with that. Or, Um, you know, just knowing how we can serve each other, how we can help each other. And then it also just glorifies God when we share the awesome work that he's done in our lives, that he's still doing in our lives. So I really want to use this podcast as an opportunity to do that. And so this is a great start for that. So I'm excited to hear more of your story and uh, let's get started. So will you just tell me a little bit about your growing up, about your background, and maybe of when you accepted Christ? Yeah, so... The first thing that I always try to stress when I'm sharing my story is that I was raised in a Christian home. Yeah. Um, and not only just a Christian home, but um, to a, a two-parent loving home. Yeah. Um, I had two really good parents that were present, that spent time discipling me and yeah. my brother in the Word of God. It's awesome. Um, and as a result of that and active church attendance, um, I can remember wanting to be a missionary and to serve God with my life as early as age eight. It's incredible. Um, and that ultimately led to me, um, going to Bible college at a school called Davis College in Binghamton, New York, um, where I got my bachelor's of religious education, which is a long T- uh, it's a bit of a mouthful. For Bible degree. Yeah. Um, uh, basically, I just wanted to uh, uh, use my life to serve God. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and while I was there, I ended up meeting my husband, Patrick. That's awesome. And how long have you guys been married now? Um, over the weekend, we just celebrated our five-year anniversary. That's awesome. That's so exciting. You guys are officially not newlyweds anymore, right? That's <laughs> like the five so. years, like that mark, right? <laughs> Um, so everybody's story, you know, has so many different parts because God's work in our life doesn't end when we get saved. Thank goodness. He keeps working and our lives keep happening. We keep having the mountaintops and the valleys and God's there with us through it all. So why don't you start with the beginning of whatever part of his story you're going to share today? Yeah. So when Patrick and I first met, um, I had actually been, kind of warned about him when he came to Davis um, by his cousin, um, who was one of my best friends, um, that he was nervous about his cousin coming to Davis because um, he had struggled with drug addiction and he had relapsed Mm. several times and he wasn't sure he was going to do well and Mm. um, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, But this guy showed up to campus looking like a Southern gentleman (laughs) and within... A couple of weeks we were dating. That's um, awesome. So, um, and really what didn't scare me away was that Patrick had honest conversations with me about what was different this time was that he had um, rededicated his life to Christ. Yeah. 
um, and what was uh, taking the place of drug addiction in his life, at, at least for that time, um, was a relationship with Christ. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, at this time, too, um, I was really, I was able to be honest with Patrick that um, all throughout my childhood and now in my college years, I was also struggling with um, various forms of sexual sins and immorality. Yeah. Um, and I was honest with Patrick um, up front wow. in, at, at the start of our relationship. That takes a lot of courage. That. Yeah. That's hard to do, but that's awesome that you guys were able to just be so honest with each other right from the get-go. Yeah. So, um, so let's see. We, we stayed in Binghamton while he finished up college. I graduated a couple years before him. Okay. Um, and we ended up deciding to move to Birmingham, um, Alabama, mm-hmm. um, to work with the church plant down there. Um, but in April of 2019, um, I entered the hospital for an inpatient stay. It was a planned stay right. um, because I'm epileptic and was having some tests done. Yeah. Um, and um, while I was in that, in that uh, stay in the hospital, um, Patrick had been acting strange that week. Um, there were, he was falling asleep a lot, having mm-hmm. a hard time staying awake. Um, and I, I was very naive to drug addiction at this time. Yeah. I didn't know what any of these signs were. Right. Um, he, um, had left the hospital one, one night, um, and then came back into the room went into um, the bathroom, and I heard him collapse. Mm, wow. Um, I, I was having a video EEG done, which meant that I, had, I was literally plugged into the wall. Right. Um, <laughs> but I had to get up and yeah. uh, um, the, the plug extended into the, long enough into the bathroom. Um, yeah. Got up and could see, uh, see him. Thankfully, hospital bathrooms unlocked from the outside. Right. Um, and discovered him. He was conscious for a couple of minutes, long enough wow. to kind of say a few words. Um, I totally didn't understand what was happening. Um, yeah. I thought maybe he just passed out. Um, mm. So I very calmly used my nurse call button and said, I need some help. Um, wow. And the first nurse came in and he went to go get more help. Um, and then um, a a whole team of nurses came in. They went to go get um, a lift to to help get Patrick up. And um, while this other team had left, um, Patrick started aspirating. Wow. And the nurses had to um, quickly act to get Patrick turned around in the small bathroom. Right. Um, And it was kind of a rush of they hit the... I think it's the code blue button. Yeah, yeah. Um, an alarm started sounding. Wow. The oxygen tank was taken off the wall. Um, wow. A mask was put over Patrick's face. I could see when they finally did get him turned over, he was blue in the face. Wow. Um, and I heard words getting thrown around like not breathing or no heartbeat, but I didn't right. understand at that time that right. Patrick had actually died for several minutes. Um, and they started chest compressions. Right. Um, they were also concerned about getting me to sit down because I was off my seizure right, meds. Right, right. Um, and um, and then as soon as they could, they as soon as they had revived him, they rushed him down to the ER. What a gift of God's grace, so that 
you were at the hospital. Yeah. I mean, I cannot imagine if that happened to my husband, my loved one, how I would act and what what a gift from the Lord that you had people who knew what to do. Mm-hmm. He was able to get care so quickly. But what a scary situation. Yeah, and even still, I was completely oblivious for the next several hours throughout that night that it was a drug overdose. I mean, it was um, later revealed that Patrick had um, scored some heroin that was laced with fentanyl off the streets of the hospital. Um, And I was, it was a mixture of denial and just um, not knowing knowing what to expect. I mean, if he had been at home just because I didn't know these signs, didn't know what a drug overdose looked like. Right. Um, there's no way that I would have responded yeah. quickly enough right. to um, to do anything. So I'm yeah. I am confident that if we had not been where we were, um, that Patrick would not be alive today. Wow, that's incredible. That's it's just amazing to think about God's all knowing care for us, mm-hmm. and that He knew, you know, that you were, you scheduled that inpatient surgery, but, you know, really God scheduled it. He knew mm-hmm. that you need to be there right then, and I'm so grateful for that because, yeah, where would we all be without mm-hmm. that all-powerful, all-knowing care? So that's incredible. Yeah, so um, as soon as that happened, that was um, a wake-up call. Um, sure. Because... Um, well, there had been an incident about two months prior to that where I had become aware that Patrick might have a problem. Um, mm. This was like, okay, wow, there's definitely a problem. Right. Um, and so we, uh, I had to do, I had to act quickly um, and make some very serious decisions. Um, my mom and dad quickly connected me with Pastor Justin. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I hadn't even met Pastor Justin at this point. Right. Um, I mean, I had been. Um, here to reclamation to visit my mom and dad who were were already members right. um, at the, that point, and I had seen Pastor Justin. You know, I kind of knew him as the guy who did raps occasionally, right? right. Um, <laughs> but I uh, I had never talked to him before, right? Sure. Um, so, um, but he he answered my phone calls, he answered wow. my texts whenever I needed him, and he was he walked me through this process because I had no one else in in Birmingham. Yeah. Um, that knew like how to handle the situation. Right. Um, and it was both pastor Justin's advice and our pastor in Birmingham's advice and my parents advice that I should, um, uh, um, first get Patrick into a 30 day rehab. But then right. when it became uh, apparent that Patrick still needed more time. Yeah. And then also during that time, I uncovered a lot of things that had been hidden. Right. Um, that revealed that Patrick had been struggling for several years and not yeah. just this one time. Right. Um, it was advised that I should leave Birmingham um, and come up to Pennsylvania um, to move back in with my parents. Yeah. And um, ask Patrick to come and start at Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I did. Um, yeah. My pastor down there packed my stuff into the church van and he drove me back up. Wow. Um, and I had a letter delivered to Patrick while I was already on the way up because I didn't want to get argued out of right. something I had already, um, decided. Right. And that's not to say anything against Patrick. That sure. is what drug addiction does to your loved ones. Sure. They make them, it makes it them into something. Right. He's a different person. Di- yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so, um, 
And yeah, uh, so basically, um, oh, and I had to, Patrick had, in that incident two months prior to all this, had wrecked our one good car, and right. my other car was too rusty to make the trip. So I right. scrapped both cars before I left and wow. packed all my stuff. I decided this on a Friday and left on a Monday. Wow. Did it feel like you were literally like starting over in a lot of ways? I mean, not starting over with, you're obviously still married, but you're moving back with your parents. You don't have a lot of your assets. I mean, how did that, how did um, that feel? It felt more like, I, I think I remember in a journal entry writing that um, I was destroying my life wow. at that point. Wow. <laughs> um, and um, yeah. So and here you showed up. Yeah. And I remember like that very beginning of when you came. Uh you came over to our house and had some lemonade and we chatted while I gave my kids a bath. <laughs> or just one kid at that point. Um and got to got to know each other. I remember when you were fresh fresh into Pittsburgh. Yeah. So if that feels like forever ago already, but Yeah. And it, it it's going on about 2 years now. Right. Um So yeah, I this was definitely my lowest point. Um, yeah, li- uh, living in my parents' basement. My mom always says it's a very nice basement, and it, <laughs> it is. is a nice basement. It is a nice basement, but it's still a humble situation to be in. Sure. Um, and um, we also we owned our house yeah. in Birmingham, um, and for a while we thought maybe we'll go back someday. But the church plant we were working with ended up not making it. Right. Um, and when the church plant closed, um, we decided okay, we're going to sell the house. Yeah. And the house took a full year to sell. And before it sold, a tree fell on it. (laughs) Oh, that's brutal. Um, So for this year, while my husband was in rehab, I was living with my parents. Um, I got a job. I still have the job working (laughs) in a daycare that I don't love, but the pay is good and it has benefits. Um, I was still paying the mortgage on... um, this, this house that I didn't even get to live in. Right. And I didn't own a car. I was driving my brother's car because he wasn't using it. Right. So um, I was at my lowest point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the most common piece of advice that I got during this time was, now's the time to work on yourself. Mm. Um, but the problem was that I didn't really know who I was. Yeah. Um, my life had pretty much revolved all around Patrick. Mm. Um, and so... Um, when he was suddenly removed from my life um, and was away at a long-term rehab, which he did end up deciding to go to Teen Challenge, yeah, yeah. Um, I was really struggling to figure out who I even was. Yeah. Um, and that I came to eventually discover that was because of codependency. That yeah. was, um, was because my life was so intertwined with his yeah. that when he was out of it, I was at a loss right. for whom who I was and right. what my identity was. Yeah. Um, so I did take on this, this task of working on myself and mm. taking on, um, you know, being very intentional about that. Yeah. Um, but I knew I had to start with making that about God first yeah. and who I was in Christ Definitely. first. Um, so the first thing that I did was I finally turned to God. Yeah. Um, and, um, my devotional life during this time was a wreck. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was the first thing I got in order. Um, I started to actually read my Bible and yeah. pray and journal my prayers daily. Awesome. And I started reading the Psalms because I knew I needed to lament. Yeah, um, definitely. And as I um, I journaled the Psalms in my own words daily, yeah. 
And as I did that, um, those themes in the Psalms, like God is my rock and my firm foundation, my refuge and my salvation, my redeemer, the one I can trust in times of trouble, those all really helped me remember that God had not forsaken me, yeah. even even at my lowest point. That's good. That Jesus was right there with me. That's awesome. Um, the other thing I did to uh, try to work on myself was um, start going to some uh, 12-step groups. Yeah. And I tried out Al-Anon first um, and wasn't a huge fan of it, so I decided to try a... Uh, Christian alternative, and yeah. I'd heard about Celebrate Recovery. Um, so I went to uh, Celebrate Recovery at a, another local church. Yeah. And I can even, I, I went to the first meeting, and everyone there referred to themselves as being in recovery. Hmm. And I wasn't sure how I felt about that because I was okay with my husband being the one in recovery. Right. But why did I need to be in recovery? Mm. Yeah. Um, and, and even, I still, all this time, I struggled with um, this sexual immorality. This right. was ongoing. Um, right. And even in, late in my later college years, and even still um, throughout this time, um, had developed into um, an ongoing struggle with pornography at times. Right. Um, but I didn't think I needed to be in right. recovery for you were that. Good. It was just, it was, I dabbled with it. Right. It wasn't something I needed to be in recovery for. Right was what I told myself. Right. Um, so I can remember telling my dad, well, I'm not sure that how, I, I'm not sure how I feel about, you know, being in recovery, but I think that might be why I need to go back. Yeah. And I was absolutely right. Yeah, <laughs> um, definitely. So I kept going. Um, and to be honest, I think I kept trying to find the place that would just let me vent about how bad my husband was. Right. And, all the uh, garbage he was putting me through. Sure. Um, but Al-Anon and Celebrate Recovery have these guidelines about keep your sharing focused on your own thoughts and feelings. Yeah, that's good. And I, that forced me to make it about myself. Yeah. And to keep the focus on me and what I was going through and what I, what I needed to work on for mm-hmm. myself. Um, and if I hadn't been forced to do that, I would have stayed in the spot of just complaining about Patrick. And trying to control him. And right. I finally got to the point where I realized I can't, I couldn't control him. That's right. And in reality, I couldn't even control myself. Mm. I had these ongoing sins of codependency and um, sexual immorality and, um, and food addiction. And, yeah. and I kept learning about more and more as, as yeah. I went on. Yeah. Um, and I only found healing from those yeah. when, I, um, when I turned that focus inward. Yeah, that's good. So during this time um, that I was diving into my Bible more and um, going to celebrate recovery, I was also reading this book called Soul Keeping by John Ortberg. Um, and I started to notice that I was starting to get some freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, these things that had had a hold on me, I was starting to not think about as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Um, and actually, one day I, I was at a Celebrate Recovery meeting, and I realized, because we mark time with chips in, in mm. uh, Celebrate Recovery, right. um, I realized that I was approaching 30 days free from wow. sexual immorality. Like, wow. I hadn't even thought of it. Wow. I was like, well, what happened there? Like, what? And I had started working on eating healthy. Yeah. Um, and I had done that in the past and failed. Yeah. 
but this time it, it was sticking. Wow. Um, and as I was reading this book, Soul Keeping, um, the, this quote in particular really stuck out to me. The, the premise of soul keeping um, is that your soul needs a center. Mm. But in order for the soul to be healthy and for your mind, your will, and your body to be correctly aligned, the soul must be centered on God, its yeah. creator. Um, but sin or centering your life on anything that is not God leads to a disordered life. Yeah. Um, so Ortberg writes, So if everything is working right, if you are as God created you to be, then your body will be the obedient, easy servant of your mind and your will, what mm. you choose. Your mind also will think about and feel those things you direct it to. Wow. And I realized the reason it's sticking this time is that my life is finally centered on Jesus. Yeah. In my brokenness, I finally clung to Jesus. That's right. And, and actually, at, the more I learned more about the 12 steps um, and the Christ-centered 12 steps, I was working those first three steps, yep. realizing I was powerless, and then realizing that my only true source of power was found in God. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and that's where I found recovery and healing. Amazing. And so today I actually um, have um, 18 months or going on 18 months in April free from sexual immorality, any form of it. That's awesome. Um, Praise God. And this, this month is 18 months free from um, uh, food addiction. Wow. Um, and I've lost roughly 100 pounds. Praise God. Um, that's not, you know... The, the weight I've lost is just a number, um, yeah. but it is, I put on a dress over the weekend to celebrate my anniversary that I bought in my senior year of high school. And That's that was awesome. like, oh, this That's amazing. really good. It's really cool when you have those tangible victories. Yes, yes. And you only did it through the power of the Lord and, you know, you know that and it's so clear to you, which is so awesome. It's It's amazing to hear a story about, you know, I was at my lowest point and this is where I was and I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't have a job. I didn't have a car. I didn't have a house. My husband was in recovery. And to now see what God has done in these last two years is just, it's mind, it's mind boggling and uh, it's amazing. And we give him all the glory for that. But now to even think, wow, in two more years, you know, think of all the things that God could do and what an encouragement to all of us who maybe feel at our lowest right now in this moment, or, you know, this last year was difficult for us, you know, God can work and he mm -hmm. is working and he will be working. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if you surrender to him and submit to him, um, he will change your life. He loves it. Um, I love that you shared that quote from that book. Were there any other resources that you felt helpful either during the time that you were struggling or maybe in your time of recovery that you might recommend to other people? Yeah. Um, so when I was in just the thick of the struggle, um, I read uh, It's Not Supposed to Be This Way yeah. by Lisa Turkhurst, which she wrote when she was um, dealing with um, her husband's affair. Right. And that was just um, such... Uh, it Just her... Her writing was, was so helpful to yeah, me. Yeah, she's great. Um, and then um, also um, Boundaries by Cloud and T Townsend. Yeah. Um, I've been reading recently. Um, yeah. Well, I finished reading recently. 
um, because in my recovery now from codependency and yeah. in um, learning how to set healthy boundaries with with uh, Patrick Still, right? Um, that's been especially helpful. Yeah, that's awesome. And um, anyone that wants more information about Celebrate Recovery, um, I would definitely recommend the book um, Life's Healing Choices. Yeah. Um, which is by John Baker, yeah, because um, that gives a great outline of um, the twelve steps and then also the eight principles that Celebrate yeah. Recovery uses. Yeah, that's awesome. So I do want to talk a little bit about Celebrate Recovery. Um, I, I love how you shared how it's impacted you, and um, now it's come to our church, which yes. is awesome. It's exciting, and we've just launched officially pretty recently in the last couple months, um, which is is great. So. Who first tell me who needs to come to CR? Everyone. Everyone needs to come to yes. CR. Tell me why. Um, celebrate recovery is for anyone with a hurt habit or hang up. So that is That's everybody. Everybody. We all have been hurt. And if you think that you don't need to go, you need to go even more, maybe. Yeah. Um yeah. Every it's for everybody. And when is it at our church? How can you get involved? Um, we meet every Friday night. Yeah. Um, at uh, it, we open at at 6:30 for fellowship right. um, with co- coffee and snacks, yeah. um, but large group meeting with worship and the message starts at seven. Yeah, that's awesome. And you break into small groups during that um, that meeting time as well, right? And right. really dig into your more personal stories. So check it out. I mean, literally, it's for everyone. Um, we all should go to at least one, <laughs> and yes. maybe all of them. Um, so check that out. I'm excited. It's come to our church. I remember in college, my husband and I led worship for a lot of CR meetings at different churches we interned at, and they were always the coolest times of worship because there's just something so special about worshiping with people in the room who know they're broken and they need the Lord. Like mm-hmm. there is just something different about that. And, uh, it's incredible. Everybody's got to experience it. Everybody's got to go. So thank you so much for sharing. I'm so glad that you could be here, that you could share more of your story. I know we could go on forever and there's so many aspects about it, but even just sharing this little tidbit about what God's been doing is such an encouragement to me um, that you know He's working and He's doing things and He's making changes if you commit to Him, if you submit to Him, if you surrender to Him. And like I mentioned before, you know, sharing our stories is it's like giving each other a gift and mm-hmm. encouraging each other and saying, Hey, he can do it in your life too. And it connects us and we can glorify him for that. So I'm so, so grateful for you sharing. So thank you for that vulnerability, honesty. I know it's not easy all the time, but I do really appreciate it. So thank you so much for listening to the coffee with podcast. Our next episode will be available next month. So be sure to subscribe and follow. So you'll be ready to listen and find out who will be joining me next time.